Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hi, folks listening to Suicide Buddies. Dave and I just really want to put out there that we definitely want you to take care of yourselves. If you are having truly dark thoughts, we really do recommend that you call 1-800-273-TALK. They are actually truly good, and they do give really valuable information and conversations back and forth. So uh, thanks for listening to the pod. The most effeminate fart possible. Nah, man, that was a man's fart. Nah, that fart a had man like who a, hides it. A fart. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to you hiding know, buddies. You know those kind of confident men who hide their farts. You know how you live Dave. inside of Handmaid's Tale, like me. <laughs> Dave, that fart you gave had like a doily on it. Yeah, it, it was, was just so... like my dick. <laughs> Oh my god Welcome to Suicide <laughs> Buddies like good begin- <laughs> This is the beginning I want. Yeah I get a doily on my dick <laughs> I do right. when, I was, uh, when I did my the, When I did the last show in um, Oklahoma City on that, Ew. Big, uh, on that big tour I met a fan who was so cool from Tulsa And she She was very Very complimentary of the show In a lot of ways And uh, But one of the things she said She was like uh, yeah, you know, I have to wade through a lot of dick jokes, but uh, other than that, it's really great. <laughs> and numerous of our female fans have been like, it's really great, except for all the dick stuff. Uh, <laughs> when you were doing stand-up, were you Oklahoma City bombing? Oh. Dave, you didn't even listen to anything no. I said. <laughs> no, I know. You were just waiting to say so, that. I was so excited. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the content the female fans love. They don't like the dick jokes, but they love my uh, terrorist. Hey, <laughs> Dave, hey, Dave, hey, terrorist Dave. More like Timothy McDave. <laughs> Waco, more like Wacko. <laughs> what? Bunch, bunch Wait, of idiots. Did you Oklahoma City bomb? Uh, oh, yeah, dude, I just watched a. a no, really- but I did kill like Timothy McVeigh did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I watched the known whole, white again, supremacist um, Timothy McVeigh. I watched a whole documentary about the Oklahoma City bombing. My set like, was a lot like him. <laughs> hooded. The white power guy. Yeah. Who killed all those people. <laughs> That's what my stand up's like. I find, now I'm not listening to you. I, How's it feel, you <laughs> fuck? <laughs> How does this feel? How does it feel? It, I have my honestly, two fingers in Hampton's like right domestic, now. It feels like domestic terrorism. Yeah. This feels like terrorism, what you're doing to me. This is the most upset. 
I've ever been as a straight white male. <laughs> oh. uh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me as a 34-year-old Can we talk about this? Male. It is hard for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's so hard. Can no we dive one, in? man. Listen, no, seriously. I just want to be real right now, real quick. Real, real. As a straight white man, no one is listening to me anymore, and it it is bullshit, dude. <laughs> it's bullshit. When man. I yell at the Cinnabon now, when I'm yelling at fucking chain restaurants now, I yeah, feel dude. I feel a little less power. Why aren't you listening to me? I got short hair. I got Ray Bans. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I got Ray-Bans, and you know what? Sometimes I got my Ray-Bans, I put them backwards on my head because I don't, I don't need them, but I want them to sit on my ears still. And it's like, why aren't you listening to me fucking scream at my kids? <laughs> Signed, the Unabomber. Yeah. Signed, Oklahoma City. Yeah, more like Timothy Oklahoma McVay. City bombed. <laughs> Straight white male, 2018. Dave, I was trying to, I was trying to listen to you. But I had such a really good take on Oklahoma City bomber. <laughs> no, I loved it. it <laughs> Were was... you wearing an Oklahoma City bomber jacket? <laughs> I would say, even Hampton, that it was a hot take. Much like the heat from the bomb in the Oklahoma City bomber. Oh, my God. That was the hottest take, was that bombing. Actually, the hottest take was probably 9-11. Oh, no, Nagasaki. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, welcome to Suicide Buddies. Hi, guys. This is the best episode of Suicide Buddies we've ever done. Honestly, I feel really good about it (laughs) as a straight white Uh, male. This is a uh, mental health podcast. It's a comedy podcast, I guess you could say. Uh, We talk about... Uh, depression, mental health. Uh, we talk about depression and mental health. We talk about suicide history. <laughs> <laughs> Dave tries to emasculate me for a solid hour of a podcast. <laughs> uh, folks, uh, if you are uh, regular listeners and you live in Chicago, for the love of God, please come to my album recording. Uh, it's locked in. I'm doing it with the Lincoln Lodge uh, ticket. Uh, links will go up but right now uh, if you're in Chicago please August 31st and September 1st uh, that's when I'm doing my album recording. Go to so that. Go, please, go, go to that. Come. You should go. So much fun. Go uh, to the show. Chicago, I love show. you. It's literally my favorite town to do comedy. And please. Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> well, uh, San Diego is pretty good too. You're going to San Diego? <laughs> the album recording in San Diego? <laughs> no, I just love San Diego. Like, Why didn't you do your album it's... recording on 9-11, man? It's only 11 days away. <laughs> it's only 11 days. Uh, you know? It's like a combination of that musical and 9-11. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, the financial reasons I couldn't do it, Dave, are too complicated for me to explain to such a boy like yourself. Well, yeah, all venues are all booked up on 9-11. <laughs> years in advance. Yeah, but what are we doing on 9-11 seven years Shout from now? Shout out to the female fans that love this content. <laughs> yeah. Love this part of the podcast. You ever notice how the 11 and 9-11 looks like two dicks? <laughs> 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 when those towers oh went down, I was worried it was like my own dick going down. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh love it man. when people. I love it when people tear up about nine eleven. Give it up it's for really the funny. brave fire dicks who saved all the dicks from the. <laughs> I'm imagining a dick with a cute little fire hat on. Let me talk. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I have a joke. I'm waiting to do. <laughs> That's how friendships work, Dave. You wait for the other person to stop talking so you can do your bits at, at them. I know. 
I have a lot of fulfilling friendships. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, dude, this heat wave is killing me. Yeah, man. It sucks. Damn, LA dude. finally sucks, dude. Yeah. Finally, there's a problem with LA. I know. It was not at all difficult before this. <laughs> dude, the heat wave is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> How bad? How bad? <laughs> I hate you so much. How bad is it? The heat babe? wave is so bad. No, no, no. you don't get to do this. <laughs> you don't get to do this. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, let's that's do fine. It. I'm let's done. Do no, it. I wasn't even trying to do that. I just realized I'd said it in that way. The, the heat, heat wave is... is so bad. I might as well be fucking a hot packet. <laughs> what? <laughs> What are you I talking about? Be sticking my dick in a hat pocket. <laughs> what, what is this? Where am I? <laughs> L- L.A. baby. Oh wow, that's true. The industry, Hollywood. Oh, welcome to the jungle. We got fun and Dave's. Have you ever noticed how the the eleven and nine eleven looks like two dicks? Dude, how lame is fucking Guns N' Roses? <laughs> Whoa. Like, in LA, it's the jungle, man. Oh, <laughs> like, dude, this is like, not cool. There's a homeless dude over there. This is like <laughs> the jungle. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, just get a job, you fucking idiot. Like, don't be a fucking sociopath and you'll do fine. <laughs> no, it's like the jungle. <laughs> it's like a panther over there. And scary snakes are everywhere. <laughs> oh, fuck. That song makes me crack up so goddamn hard. Every, almost every song they put out. That band is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Oh, what do you have an appetite for? <laughs> Disdirection. You're a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. We should make one nice song. Should it be a regular length? No, no, no. The only nice song we make should be a fucking hour long. <laughs> In November, it sometimes rains. <laughs> Yeah, also, it should be really boring and lame. Dude, also, like, one of the worst songs ever was, uh, like, uh, We Don't Want No Civil War. Oh, that wow. That fucking song that's, like, an hour long. It's crazy. And it's just, like, what's the what's the theme of that song? They're, like, we want to be civil, but we don't want no civil war. Like, well, that's also one of those songs. Does he know any history? Like, It's one of those songs where Axl Rose decides to use his, like, indoor voice, which <laughs> sounds like this. We don't want no civil war. Axel, Axel, keep it down. Yeah, dude. Did you record this in a library? Hey, now, heat wave. Civil war. (laughs) I don't think he's ever read a book. (laughs) No, me neither. Man. I don't think he's even seen Avengers Civil War. You remember that it took them 50 (laughs) years to put out an album called Chinese Democracy? Why was this China so important to you? China actually had democracy by the time they put it out. Yeah, it hasn't come out yet. We just know about it because of our yeah time machine. It's funny. I mean, he. I mean, like <laughs> respect. I guess on some level, like I'm like, yeah, man, much respect to Guns N' Roses. You know, fucking it's, sick. It's shit, not dude. for me. Same as like ACDC. It's not for me. But it's like at a certain I point, got I'm big like, balls. Yeah, and yeah. he's got big balls. Every, I fucking hate everything about ACDC <laughs> is about balls or bells. So I was like, I got balls on my bells, bells balls, cerebral ballsy. <laughs> Oh, yeah! Bell's balls. Bell's balls! <laughs> I'm in hell with my balls, and my balls are in hell! <laughs> it's like, is this a song? Are you mad? <laughs> anyway, guys, come check out my stand-up. It's basically this. <laughs> it's basically this as an act. Oh, wow. Uh, dude. 
Okay, so August 31st at North Bar. Well, I, I'm not sure the location. It's through oh. Lincoln Lodge, but if you're in Chicago, just please uh, block please. out those dates. <laughs> please go. Yeah, don't, no. don't see your families. <laughs> don't see your girlfriends. Come see me. Uh, talk about uh, uh, life. <laughs> Good List stuff? your jokes. Good stuff? Yeah, I'll do jokes. <laughs> that's what I'll do. Uh, that's going to be fun, man. I'm going to try to go, honestly. <laughs> He's psychopath. I want to go, but I probably won't. <laughs> Because I don't live there. It would be nice if you did that in my fucking town. Did stand up for once in L.A. <laughs> um, before we get to the history, uh, the suicide in history we're talking oh, cool. about this week, just want to talk about one quick uh, thing. For the first time in Suicide Buddies history, we got merch, dude. Herstory. Thank What? In Suicide <laughs> Buddies herstory. <laughs> we do? Yeah, dude, you know this. I was we trying were talking to act about it like before the surprised. episode. <laughs> yeah, why are you so surprised, man? I'm I already so told excited, you. Dude. I mean, yeah, I'm, man. If you guys want to look like the logo of Suicide Buddies, you want to have a feeling shirt. Guess what? We're set. We're not selling the feeling shirt, but we are selling Hampton's face. <laughs> so you can put on his face and look like that. Hell yeah, Hellraiser yeah. merch. <laughs> if you've seen our logo for Suicide Buddies on wherever you get your podcasts, we're both wearing shirts that say feelings. Uh, blue shirts that say feelings in yeah, a dark specific blue. way. Yeah, yeah, very uh, nice. We are selling that shirt. I can't believe it fucking took us so long. We, uh, <laughs> uh, people have been asking us, and it's up. Uh, the URL, I'll just say it, is teespring.com slash suicide buddies dash feelings. That's right. We had to add this later. <laughs> oh. But also, we're going to put up the link on all our like Twitter and fucking Facebook and all that shit. Um, <laughs> Dave, so you can't language. Remember. Oh, sorry. All that <laughs> All that garbage. cum and shit. Uh, put your cum on this shirt and then shit it. So, yeah, if you want a uh, feeling shirt, go get one at teespring.com slash suicide buddies dash feelings. Just a reminder, we had to add this audio in later. Look cool. Support the pod. Also, um, we've been talking about doing this for a while, and now that we are putting merch out, we just went ahead and did this, too. Our Patreon, which thank you, all of you who are listening who's already signed up. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, if you want more content from us, go to patreon.com slash suicide buddies. We have a $5 tier with a bunch of bonus episodes on it, and we're going to keep putting out bonus episodes yeah. on that. But there's a new tier. That's 10 bucks a month. With that, you still get all the bonus content, but also you get promo codes for every single piece of merch we put out with at least a $5 discount on yeah. every piece of merch. So if you sign up for that right now, you'll get a $5 discount on the Feeling Shirt. And also, ticket shit, right? <laughs> Whenever we have... Hampton and I yeah, when we, when haven't we done a big do show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever we have shows, you'll get be able to do a, an early pre-sale on tickets and... Anytime we're selling stuff, yeah, you also, get it. Also, you get mm -hmm. to be in the Suicide Buddies Illuminati. <laughs> this is the higher tier that you're just going to constantly resent if you're not in it. You're going to be like, well, I'm in the $5 tier, and I think I know society, but I wonder what the skull and bones are doing up at the t $10 tier. None of you are wondering that. <laughs> <laughs> all, all one of you who's wondering about that. <laughs> if you're at all wondering, good for you. Well yeah. done. Thank you good so much. You. Thank you for <laughs> believing me <laughs> yeah so if you want a shirt uh get one but also just you know thanks you know thanks for like <laughs> yeah thanks for enjoying the pod i just think it's so cool that so many people have written us and been like i want a shirt dude. i know i know it's pretty fun <laughs> and we're also like really interested in like uh 
putting out some prints and printing out some uh, other t-shirt designs. So this totally. is kind of getting the ball rolling. So. Also, the okay, shirt's just 20 bucks. We want you to be able to have it. Uh, so it's just 20 bucks. <laughs> this ain't your $100 <laughs> George Clooney uh, wear once t-shirt, then throw on a homeless guy. Well, if shit. we're being honest, we were trying to decide on a price, and I was like, 45 right? And Hampton was like, well, no, we should sell it for a dollar. And I was like, Both my in the monocles middle. dropped. That's right. I wear two monocles. Some people say, why not wear glasses? I say, fuck you, poor. <laughs> fuck you, poor. I'll do what I want. Dude, this week on Suicide Buddies, we are talking about Freddie Prince. Freddie Krueger, tight. Can't wait. <laughs> this that dude's show awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you told me that we were doing Freddie Prince, I was like, that's amazing. He's a comic. Uh, he's like, right? It's a... And a father. Yeah, he's a... An... <laughs> True. He's a godfather, godfather two, Freddie Prince three. senior to be exact. Mm. Yeah, yes. not the young one Famous of Wing Commander fame. <laughs> what the fuck you know about Wing also, Commander? Also, she's all that. Dude, I saw Wing Commander three times in the theater. Hey, Freddie Prince Jr.'s cool, dude. <laughs> you fucking shut up. He sucks, and I won't hear anything else. No, I like him, and she's all that. I can't wait. This is going to be a great up. Hell yeah, dude. We'll be right back, dude. That's a good start, right? It's a good song. I just now had to process that ACDC had to sit down and write lyrics. Okay. At one point, he's like, Hell, Bows, Hell, Bows. Like he's just writing the same. Guys, okay, look. I got this song. I think it's going to be big. But I just have one question Should it be Hell's Bells or Hell's Balls? And they're like, fuck, dude, dude, I don't know. Dude, I tell you, Cerebral Ballsy would be the best fucking record they could make. (laughs) That's their comeback. Totally, dude. Bring back What's His Nuts. (laughs) What's the guy's name? Fucking What's His Nuts? Bomb. The bomb guy. Bono Scott. Bono Scott. (laughs) Yeah, who's the lead singer of ACDC? Bono. Tracy Bonham Scott. Yeah, the lead singer (laughs) of ACDC. Yeah, they're so... The concepts of their songs are so basic. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is another one. I'm really having a merger in my brain here of like Bono, but he's in ACDC. Mm-hmm. So he's traveling around the world and just being like, we have to educate the world about our balls. About balls. <laughs> we have to show the African children Small that are starving. We have to show them our balls. balls. They don't know about <laughs> our balls. They don't know about balls. They don't know about them. <laughs> Some children are so poorly educated they don't know about my balls. (laughs) Every single child in the country of Chad has not seen my balls. (laughs) Uh, It was worth it. That was the dumbest fucking thing. Hi, I'm Balls No. Like Bono, but Balls. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll allow it. I love, too, that there is literally an ACDC song that just goes, TNT. <laughs> Fucking, what are we doing? Then he explains it. <laughs> Dynamite. Because <laughs> you didn't know what TNT was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. PMS. I, I thought Menstrual you- cycle. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I got ADD. I can't pay attention. <laughs> oh, Lord. That was so good. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. PHP. You can make a website. Shut the fuck up. Okay, sure. Shut up. No problem. Shut up. Sure. Stop it. You already said that. All right. That was good. <laughs> it's good while, good while it lasted, Dave. Who are we doing this week? <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> yeah, I know. I kept, I kept running all the different like p- probabilities in my brain. I was like, well, you do SARS, then you do AIDS. <laughs> 311. <laughs> you just promote another band. They're pretty good. <laughs> they like the color amber. Uh, they do. Dude, you song? I can't believe this. What a sellout, Dave. You're doing a comedian this episode? I know. A fucking comic? Yeah, Do you dude. know how easy it is to talk about comedians with suicidal depression? I think that's the one requirement to being a stand-up. To being suicidal? <laughs> Man, that, you know yes. what is funny is that that is a thing that a lot of people say, I and I hate it I know. so it's much. It's so funny. It's just not true. They oh, just, you're like a sad clown, right? You're like a sad clown? Yeah. Tears so, of a clown? That's you? It's annoying in so many ways. Like, you say, like, I have depression. Oh, yeah, comedian. So. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to open with uh, telling the audience I'm sad, and then I close on I'm sad. And also, the like, part if, is, if you I listen to the show the crowd about and how we talk about things. Like, we are two people who have dealt with that stuff and are feeling better and better and better. Like, truly. And I dip back down. For sure, I'll always have to deal with it. But I really think that if you allow it to, uh, a comedy career that you sort of like slowly rise up in can make you happy. I really. But there's this thing like Hmm. the comedians say to each other, like they'll say like some comic did something that he got really sad. Like, see, it never gets better, man. Even if you get booked at the improv, you'll still be sad or whatever. Even if you do flapper's side room. It's always the lowest. Yeah, man, even if you have one album out, dude, you might still be sad. He performed at Lafschewitz, and he still killed himself. Wow, that is the peak of the podcast. Lafschewitz? Is All that the a, best rooms, dude. Is that a, the a comedy festival at Auschwitz? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they finally brought comedy back there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Lafschwitz. Lafschwitz. I'm, I'm a big fan. Every comedy club has the worst name. Side splitters, knee slappers, goof em ups. <laughs> totally. Sure laughs a lot. Take it's a your just funny like, bone. Yeah, Come like, on down uh, to the funny bone yeah, and we'll guess, touch you. guess I'm an artist. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll eat nachos and be an artist tonight. <laughs> well, what do you want them to call it? Artist room? that make you feel better? Um, <laughs> community art space, Dave? <laughs> totally. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the town uh, you know, cares enough about arts that there's just like... You know, a community art center that brings acts through. I don't know. I don't know. know. That would be fucking loony. I do think it's funny that you're making fun of comedy clubs that have silly names because you have a silly name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hampton Young. Got a dumb name. Hey, guys, come see me (laughs) record my album (laughs) in Chicago, October. August uh, 31st, <laughs> September 1st. I fucking forgot the date Come I was on recording. Come to Hampton's Pig Factory. Hey, it's not all about my... <laughs> it's 
not all about my name and how stupid it is, folks. <laughs> the whole album isn't about that. You should do a concept album about that, though. Hampton Young, more like Hampton Cunt, more like Hampton Blunt, more like Hampton Dunt. But anyway. <laughs> I did it for an hour. Dunn. After the at the third one, you had no more real words. Oh no, <laughs> Hampton Cunt, Hampton Bunt, Hampton Dunt, Runt. You could have done Runt, man. You really fucked up. You're a big stupid person. <laughs> Thank Massively you. stupid. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so Freddie Prince. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. That that it was a great episode. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's psychopath. Um, um, yeah, we're doing Freddie Prince, who, yes, not to be convinced with his son Freddie Prince Jr., who is an actor that a lot of people know. And truly, we're talking from about Freddie Commander, Prince, uh, Scooby Doo, from Scooby Doo Two Monster Island, and of course, she's all that. Oh, that one's good. Hampton's favorite movie. Yeah, it's not bad. That's the one where the girl's fucking ugly. Yeah, and then they so, make her uh, hot. Dude, usually I'm barfing <laughs> at the top of the movie. When I just see the girl, I'm like, no, <laughs> puking over my boner. Just, it is my funny to look back and at then, movies that we all knew and talked about, and the concept is she's ugly and now she's hot. <laughs> and then, God damn, when she gross. takes off her glasses, she's hot. She's basically naked. Yeah, so totally. It's a totally different person. <laughs> yeah, she goes from being ugly and smart she's to got, hot and stupid. She's got double D. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I fucking wish I were dead. She takes off her glasses. She's got double D's. Dude. I <laughs> I can't. I wish I didn't Remember laugh. You're kidding. You were like, that is the biggest tits can possibly be. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe double D? Double D. Dude, two D's, dude. Dude, that's dude, dude. Two D's. <laughs> this is- oh my god! Anyway, she saw that. I kind of stand by it. It's pretty. It's pretty cute. It's cute. It's a cute movie. Shut I up! Mean- it's cute. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! Fuck you! It's cute. Uh, Fuck you! Shut okay, up! Yeah, it's a cute movie. Fuck you! Fuck, suck my dick. It's cute. <laughs> I would like to say ten things I hate about you right now. Oh, I love that one. No, 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 no. I didn't mean movie. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that Hitler uh, should have titled Mein Kampf, 10 Things I Hate About Jews. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they couldn't have called that movie that. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah, man. It would have had to be, be called something else like Othello or something. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I hope whoever shit their pants uh, when I said 10 Things I Hate About Jew while listening to the podcast. You uh, think at least one person shit their pants? One person shit you their pants. You got a lot of fans. F- f- Faith, 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 faith. Oh, fuck it, Faith, dude. no more, Dave. <laughs> were, this is the third what time this episode I wish I was dead. <laughs> uh, that's really basically what the whole pod's about. Totally. <laughs> Let's talk about Freddie Prince. Yeah, um, I actually don't know much about him. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, uh, his, both his life and uh, his suicide and everything surrounding it are interesting. Um I'm going to sort of like tell a story backwards in a certain sense. I'll just tell you, he was 22 years old when he killed himself. He was born oh June God. 22nd, 1954. He killed himself January 28th, 1977. Wow, so young. And I want to give you a really quick, because here's the thing. He was, yes, he was very young when he committed suicide. But also his rise to fame was incredibly quick. He wasn't a child actor. So like mm-hmm. the way the speed with which his career and then death happened is like 
absolutely unprecedented. Wow, wow. So I want to really, really quick roll through like a bunch of dates just to give you okay. an yeah. idea of how quick it was. Um, oh my god! So. 1973, he was on The Tonight Show for the first time. 1974, he got his role on Chico the Man. Huh. 1975, put out his first album. 1976, signed a deal with NBC. 1977, killed himself. So inside like four years. Yeah. Like, holy fuck, dude, dude. totally. And Chico and the wow. Man was the thing that blew him up. And before that, he was just doing stand-up. Imagine any of our friends... Like after like say Alan Strickland Williams, like our good friend, like got like Conan, he just like blew his brains out. You know, yeah. like went on the road, got got a little bit of cred and then like fucking you know, like killed himself. Like that would be the level of just like Yeah, totally, man. That sucks. I mean, it honestly would be like there are people we know who have had that kind of skyrocket to fame. Dude, I'm currently living it. Yeah. I mean Hampton it would be like if Hampton after no, I mean, like, I, I really empathize with this. It's Dude. like, my career is, like, in the shitter. That's not true. Hardcore, yes. No, <laughs> really? Is that how you feel? Yeah, and I'm trying not to be too despondent about it, but it's like, I, I and at the end of the day, it's always up to me, like, uh-huh. same as it's always been, but it's like, it's like, what the fuck am I going to do, you know? Like, you so, know what, man? I, yeah. I dated this girl who, for a while, we didn't date too long, but one of the things I remember she said to me, it was early on in comedy, and I was like three years in, two or three years into stand up, and I had like a sort of uh, an early first getting recognized. You know, like yeah, yeah. when you get exactly. funny and everyone notices. Yes. Every yes. comedian has that first period of time they happen. You remember it like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. That happened for <laughs> me like nine months or a year in or something. And I was like, the golden boy I got on all the shows I did fucking Bridgetown when I was like a year and a half in and stuff and then when I was like two and a half three years in uh, everything got hard no one gave a shit and I was like what is happening I'm fucked right (laughs) and um, this girl it's an an ebb and flow for sure Yeah. yeah, yeah it's an ebb and flow but what this girl said was she was like you know I think the comedians that are happiest are the ones that just know they're not always gonna be cool yeah. And can sort of maintain a level of awareness of that and happiness while they're not cool. And the reality is you're super good at stand-up and you have credits and people respect you. And you're in a period after a bubble for you. Sure. And it sucks, man. I was just talking to Kyle Ayers about this hmm. today. A lot of my friends are in this place. I feel like I'm yeah, kind of there, it, too. it's kind of happening. There's like just a wave, I think... Of depression almost hitting yeah. comics because it's also a lot like of venues have closed. A lot of opportunities have kind of suddenly stopped. At midnight's gone, baby. <laughs> but also, there's just like a certain there's like a certain style of comedy and a certain style of person and way of acting that is being evangelized right now, and it's not us. And it'll come back around. I really believe that. So it oh, just yeah. always have, the reason I think it is yeah. really fucked now. For people like you, me, and Kyle, and our close friends, is we have experienced some success and one of those like career excitement bubbles, but also we still haven't gotten far enough along to have money. So <laughs> we're in a dip. We're not cool, and we're broke. Uh, <laughs> Wait, being broke's not cool. <laughs> it's I also this was pretty cool. I should also clarify if you're listening because people have corrected me on this word a lot when I talk about this. I don't mean cool and in, in the sense of a cool person. I hope you know what I mean. Cool to the industry. You know what I mean? Oh. Uh, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 
I didn't. We didn't all of a sudden become just pieces of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm usually able to get myself out of like career depression, like you know, relatively. I've been doing this long enough, same as you, like where we've seen like ebb and flow. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so, I think it's easy to like get out of it, but also like what's interesting with like um, uh, Freddie Prince is like he's like the boom of stand up. Like, this was the fucking the gold beginning. rush. The yeah, beginning yeah. of the gold rush was when The Tonight Show moved out to Burbank, and suddenly L.A. was the hot spot for comedy. And you know what's funny? I was talking with uh, Georgia, my girlfriend, the other day, uh, and she's about to record an album and everything, and we're talking about stand-up, and, like, you know, I think something we just kind of brought up is, like, there's always been too many stand-ups. Yeah. Like, that's the problem with stand-up. There's always been too many. So, they, of course, no one's getting paid right. Right. It's like, when there was the first club... There was like 200 stand-ups in yeah. New York, or even 100. That's already too many for the yeah. one improv, the one club, the first club. So that's been trickled down throughout the industry. Is there's just too many people who think they're fucking funny. <laughs> and totally. You need to get the fuck out of my way, Dave. Well, and here's the other thing. I mean, we've talked about like... You know, like your problem with your own drinking on this show mm-hmm. and like my problem with like extreme depression and anxiety and stuff. And it's funny, this story about Freddie Prince is like really yeah. telling about that through line. It's funny to say that oh, because yeah. I literally just said you don't have to be depressed to be a comedian, but there is an obvious connection. It's just a depressing business. Yeah. So going from there. Yeah. So real quick, his his early life, his real name is actually Frederick Carl Prutzel. Oh, what a fraud. Yeah, what a dick, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> exposed. Yeah. TMZ, exposed. And apparently he changed his name to Prince uh, because it, he knew he found out, he discovered he wanted to be an entertainer and he felt like that was an easier thing to say. But there was a, a, a comedian mm-hmm. named Alan King and Freddie Prince apparently oh. would joke all the time that he wanted to be the king of comedy, but that was taken by Alan King, so he changed it to Prince because it's like Prince. Swish. Do you hate <laughs> Freddie Prince now? Uh, Swish. Yeah, way to go, bro. Honestly, but isn't it so funny with like um, Bill O'Reilly like trying to expose like John Stewart is like, isn't your real name John Leibowitz? <laughs> like, it's like actors can just. I should have changed yeah, my name year one. You're right. My name is fucking stupid. Yeah, and dude. I have to always correct people. I'm like, no, no, it's should have changed it to Wanda Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> She's huge, man. Imagine if that was you. <laughs> I'm gonna change my name to Chris Rock Killing on Stage. <laughs> Full sentence. You change your name to you just change your name to Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so. Um, Frederick Carl, Carl Prutzel, his mom's Puerto Rican, his dad is a German immigrant, and he was raised by them in Washington Heights in New York City. Oh, Carlos Mencia. Really early on, his mom put him in ballet class. That's how he started as a performer. Oh, cool. And then he liked it a lot. And then, and from that, he got into a performing arts high school, and there he sort of discovered that he liked to act and stuff, and he literally <laughs> dropped out of high school when he was 16 or 17 to... Hold on. No, no, I just got an uh, anecdote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dropped out of high school at 16 or 17 to pursue stand-up. So wow. he started that young. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I li- lived in a very small town. And like, I 
kind of started to be interested in acting or comedy. Like, definitely, I was like a very performative kid. Like, I would like stop the whole family and be like, "I'm gonna do like a Beetlejuice impression." Like, check it out. Like, wow, the lamest shit. That's cool. So, like, my parents were like, "Okay, this kid likes acting or some shit like that." And but there was nothing really in the town. So, like, I they signed me up for an acting class, and it's with all these other kids. And then I show up, and then it's like it's actually dancing. Like, oh, was the thing, and I was just like so embarrassed like i just i couldn't do it like they were like oh, we'll do the do the moves like everyone's gonna learn these simple moves and i was like i'm in the wrong place like <laughs> i don't want to do this i want to act i don't want to dance <laughs> like i was like drawing a line in the effeminate like oh really it was like, like i was like i want to i want to act i don't want to dance it Please. was like masculine panic Please. yeah exactly that's funny i had like fucking crazy masculine panic wow during that episode yeah. well you know that uh, uh, every dude has that. <laughs> you have to like work it out of I your was brain. A little kid, yeah, yeah. I was like ten or some shit. So yeah, wow. Well. Like, I mean, that's as young as it gets. Well, apparently, Freddie <laughs> Prinze loved ballet, and he loved acting so much that he quit high school to pursue stand up. Which is, I don't know, just that fact alone makes wow. me think that like this guy's kind of nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, to pursue stand up. Yeah, like I'm gonna. I don't need eleventh grade. Wow. So he must. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there's no stand-up industry. It's not like, yeah, and eventually I'll tour all the improvs across America. Like, right. Those don't even exist yet. Well, he was just in New York, and, <laughs> I mean, he started doing stand-up Damn. when he was... A catch a rising star. I believe when he was 16. Yeah. I think that's right. It might have even been 14 or 15. Chappelle but yeah, did that shit he like too. super quickly was going up at the improv and catch a rising star in New York, like all the fucking time. What a cool dude. I mean, so if you're like a 16 year old kid and you're going up at the two best clubs in the world, perhaps the only, the clubs, only two, <laughs> yeah, like, you're just like, whatever, dude, this is perfect. They pay me $5,000 a day uh, or whatever they paid. To, uh, that's, that's what you what it, That's how much money it would seem like to a high school kid. I Back guess what in I'm the saying. day, you do the two spots, you make $5,000 a day, and you do a line of Coke on the A train. <laughs> Man, that's actually a perfect segue into another reality about him, which is he got into Coke super early on. Wow. He got into Coke so early on in his life that by 16, he had a heavy, regular Coke habit. Wow. Yeah. Which, you know, again... Everyone did? Like, I'm not... Yeah, you're right. No, every 16-year-old did. You're right. (laughs) No, I'm definitely, like, exaggerating. But, like, um, stand-up was, like... I I mean, like, you could probably count on one finger the number of stand-ups who didn't do Coke at that time. Well, especially back then, right? At that time, Yeah, that's funny to think. I mean, what's weird is this is long enough ago that... It took like some deep digging to get even surface level facts on this. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I know it's hard to people I've tried aren't. To look into yeah, 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 the seventies aren't. It's there's not a massive presence <laughs> of the history of the seventies <laughs> on the internet, which is so funny. I, I don't uh, know what you're talking about. Yeah, now. Yeah, I, was, totally. I was I was busy fucking. <laughs> I don't know. It's a but so yeah, some of this is going to be guessing. But if I think about it, like so, this kid goes to performing arts high school, realizes he wants to do stand up when he's in like ninth or tenth grade. Hmm. So he starts. Building a stand-up routine, going to clubs, probably. It sounds like he just didn't really listen to his parents a lot because he signed up for Performing Arts High School without telling them. 
Whoa. Yeah. They just sent it like sent him to ballet classes and he loved it and he was like, Oh shit, I'm gonna try to do this forever and oh, got wow. him to a high school without asking them if he could. And so yeah, in his teens he starts going to comedy clubs and I wonder if the comics at those clubs are the reason he got into Coke as a teenager, or was oh. it at his performing arts high school? Probably uh, the comics, right? Probably the comics, dude. Yeah, for yeah, being like, completely honest. <clears throat> Sam you know, Kinison killed Freddie Prince. Well, dude. well, also like something very culturally like interesting about cocaine is at that time, like there was very few ODs that were even like public record. Like, oh wow, it wasn't like a highly publicized thing of like you do coke, you might die. Yeah. It was like this is the new cool party drug, and I, it was. It was innocent. Like, literally, people would do it all the time, and every station of society would be snorting coke. And it just wasn't like, oh, you could, like, OD on this. Yeah. Because it got... <clears throat> then they started cutting it with shit. It started getting stronger. And then also, like, just party culture when you're mixing it with booze and shit. Like, it's it's going to get way worse, and you're going to be doing way wor- way more and everything. And, like... Yeah, then you started to see like the public uh, deaths, the ODs, right? Started okay. emerging, you know. Uh, but I, I mean, up until then, that. it was like that dude just just goo, right? <laughs> I don't we know. Have it. Yeah, it might have even been cheaper to. back then. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know what to compare it to because now I feel like the cultural knowledge about drugs is like it's deeper. It's, it's like, so broad. Yeah, it, it, people know and about it's thrown in meth. your face. I mean, there's drug programs in middle schools. Yeah. It's like, there's no reason you should know about meth. That's almost never right. coming into your orbit. Like that's trucker speed. <laughs> like there's totally it's not, and there are like billboards no of people with like no you. teeth and a destroyed <laughs> face. And like, that's how I found out about meth. When I was a kid, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. But now I know about so many drugs. I know about what they can do. Cause you, you know. sell them. Yeah. Because uh, I'm uh, a dare instructor. <laughs> Who sells drugs? Hey, kids, I dare you to do drugs. Yeah. Dare to buy Molly from me. Officer Cool, I dare you to That's, do it. Hi, I'm Officer Cool, and I sell Molly. <laughs> um, I want to start getting into the timeline of his career and toward the end of his life. But before I do, I do want to talk about him as a comedian real quick because this... I found this fact about him that I loved so much that I didn't know. First of all, he really did like pop right away as a teenager. Hmm. He just basically walked into a comedy club, did one set, and they were like, "What the fuck? This guy must yeah. have been like the funniest guy on Somebody earth." Somebody who was uh, actually intuitively good at stand up yeah. at a young age, especially when stand ups just blowing up. Like they're like, "How the fuck is this kid doing this?" Totally. But here's the thing: and one it was of his so bits, easy back then. One of his oh, signature God. bits that it seems like he did all the time on stage was that he told audiences that he was a Hungarian, half Hungarian, half Puerto Rican. But he wasn't even Hungarian. He was just German. He just thought Hungarian sounded better. Yeah. So the reason I love I'm that like, fact... I'm like punching a wall in my brain right now. <laughs> well, the reason I love that fact so much is like... Oh, my God. That must have... Things like that probably just have not been done that much. But to hear Never. that in 1972... Freddie Prinze was saying Hungarian, and we still have comedians doing that shit now today. <laughs> the Met- Metro Jethro and the Red Mexican and stuff like there's so much of it. Hey, that's a good point. Yeah. We're still, I mean, hacks still. As exist. I was reading about Freddie Prinze, I Dude. was like, man, I think I'm supposed to look up to this guy. Dude, the <laughs> number one 
stand-up in America is a ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, that apparently was a, a thing back in the early advent of radio. Like, one of the biggest radio stars was a ventriloquist. Really? Which must have been, like, stupefying to people because they're like, I can't even see the puppets. And he's, <laughs> what? Okay, he's on the radio. Like, it doesn't fucking matter if he's a yeah. French. He just his voices. So, like, that was, like, the highest paid performer for a while in radio. Wow. And I feel like, and that happens again with stand-up. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, we've already talked about uh, Lena Dunham's father, Jeff Dunham, and like uh, <laughs> all the terrible shit he's done to society and all those uh, people he's uh, molested. But you know, <laughs> but I just want to go on the record and say he's a monster. And uh, Jeff Dunham, yeah, oh yeah, total monster. Oh wow. And then uh, I don't really and know then the fucking... if I can keep being friends with you if that's how you feel. <laughs> and then I still believe the largest comedian in the world is still Russell Peters. Yeah, right. Totally. The guy who just points at the crowd is like, "So what are you like uh, Mexican? What are you what are you Puerto Rican? What are you like Libyan?" What are you? He just points to different people, guesses where... their ethnicities for like a whole arena. There was a while where uh Larry the Cable Guy overtook him. For uh, sure. He was Internationally though? Yeah, he was the highest Interna- paid Whoa. He was the highest paid touring comedian in the world for a couple years. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Y'all ever shit a fuck? Yeah. Y'all ever fuck your shit. That's funny. That's literally something I say in my stand-up now. <laughs> Making fun of those people. Anyway, I mean, I know it's easy easy targets to make fun of fucking, you know, Russell Peters and Larry. Dude, Kelly saying y'all ever fuck your shit on stage is the most shit. fun I've ever had. <laughs> um, Why am I not more popular? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, he's starting. Freddie Prince is starting out in the early days. The real, like, uh, Wild West of stand-up where it was like, no one... Like, hack wasn't even a thing. Totally. It was just like, can you do this? At all. Can people laugh at you and you're not doing pre-written jokes that are like vaudeville style? Well, this is why it doesn't bother me that he's the hunger <laughs> Because it's like the... Like, yeah. The comedy scene is in the baby stages, you know? So, like, he has no frame of reference. These things are, like, new to everyone. It, yeah. I yeah. get, I cut people a break who are at, who are at the cusp of things. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like in a void, you know, you're gonna write hack shit. Totally. I Forty remember, years from now, people will think our stand up is hack as shit. I remember, like, they I just will approached to stand up early on and was like, so like this is like year one, and I was like, what about this bit? I was just like, oh, you know, I was Catholic, but no one ever molested me, and I feel like. <laughs> You know, sad that no one ever like found me attractive. And he was like, "Just so you know, like a lot of people have that." And, it's very hack. Like, and I was like, "Cool!" Like I, I literally had no idea. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. I thought I'd come up with the whole concept. You know, yeah. Except for the difference in between that and the situation with Freddie Prince is Freddie Prince walked up to a comic and said that, and they were like, "You're a genius." I haven't heard anything like that before what? in my entire fucking life. Dude, and audiences I- were like, I agree with you. This guy is incredible. Put him on TV. Uh, the difference mm-hmm. is, is when I went up on stage and said, I'm a Hungarian, uh, everyone booed me and <laughs> started tar and feathering me. And you were like, what? I'm Puerto Rican and I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> That's even worse. That's way worse <laughs> than being Hungarian and Puerto Rican. Uh, Hungarian. Um, <laughs> oh, man, it's so shitty. It's so like so I said, he performed at the Improv and Catch a Rising Star in New York a lot. Um, 
The first time he was ever on TV, he was 18 years old in early 1973. He, uh, it was on Jack Parr Tonight. And then... Hmm. Oh, yeah. And then later that year, same year, 1973, 19 years old, dude, he was on The Tonight Show for the first time with doing Jimmy stand-up. With Jimmy Fallon? With Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Did he do karaoke? <laughs> and dude, at 19, his first time on The Tonight Show, Carson loved him so much that he asked him to come over and sit on the couch. Oh. And it was the first time in Tonight Show history that the host asked a first-time performer to come to the couch. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. he was the first ever. Wow. They had had like... You know, long-time yeah. performers that they would come, but it was booked. It was You'd the first. You always hear about the Carson giving the okay. You know, it was like... the first unbooked couch wow. ask. Yeah, totally. Sit your ass down. You're famous now. Yeah, that's what we said. Sit the fuck down. Sit the you fuck down. Hungry man. There's a couple. <laughs> Heard you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how the Tonight Show had this magic power. Like when it moved to Burbank, it, it definitely like shifted the scene of comedy. But also, like, there's a bunch of comics who have stories where they're like. Yeah, I did The Tonight Show nine times. No one knew who I was. But like Drew Carey is like, I did The Tonight Show. The next day, my life completely changed. Like sometimes right. a thing would just hit like Roseanne, like yeah. Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, like there's certain people who like it fucking blew up. But I've seen so I, I like get really into like um, finding obscure acts and shit. So like I've seen so many Tonight Show acts that like you've never like no one's ever seen. Did it like five times. Just yeah, there's this dude, good. when I was like young and stand up, there was this guy who came to my open mic who hmm. he, I just started talking to him. He was much older and uh, he just dropped on me at some point. He was like, yeah, but on Tonight Show a bunch of times. And I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, and he literally just goes, <laughs> oh yeah, man, you don't understand. I was one of the first comedians. Oh my God. And so me and <laughs> oh Rich God. Scheidner and... And Freddie Prinze, we all got to fucking. I guess Rich is a little later. He's one of but, Jeff Dunham's puppets. He's like, I'm, I'm the dead terrorist, dude. I started comedy. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, yeah, I know Freddie Prinze. We were friends. That's uh, fucking insane. Every single one of us did the Tonight Show like ten times. But I've also seen like comics like that too. It's well, so weird. There's well, so if you many think about what I just it. said, is that guy had done the Tonight Show ten times and knew all those guys, and he was at my fucking open mic. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. And like, he could not get a spot. He, he sucked. He was. I'm not. I'm Dave not kidding. Was, I I imagine so, dude. There there literally is a reason. You know, at a certain point, it's like, well, maybe you just weren't that good, and he know, wasn't that good. Changes. But if you weren't good, you could get on the Tonight Show. So How hard. fucking so insane hard. is that, man? Okay. I know. It was a fucked up fucking industry for so long. So 19 years old, 1973, first Tonight Show appearance. Carson, again, loved him so much that he would he went to go on The Tonight Show a bunch of times, and he later even guest hosted The Tonight Show when Carson was off. Yeah. Then <laughs> 1974, the guy is 20 years old. He books his role on Chico the Man as Chico. Chico and the Man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chico and the Man was Never like a, seen it. I've never seen it either. I do not know what it looks like. I don't know either. <laughs> I've I mean, heard I've it seen said a million screenshots. Times. Oh yeah, but I have no idea. Um, but yeah, that show was already a big show, and then he was made like the supporting character, the f- the friend of the main character, mm. and uh, 
he was just like immediately loved way more than the main character, and it blew the show up even more. And then at oh, 20 shit. years old, he was like the most famous comedian on Kinda Earth. Kind of like in uh, Green Hornet when fucking uh, Cato was Bruce Lee. Like, Green Hornet was oh, a TV yeah. show. And Bruce Lee was fucking the sidekick. Yeah. But, like, he was so incredible. Everyone yeah. was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Like, yeah. it's Bruce Lee. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, so crazy. It became so huge. Uh, yeah, and from there, he just blew up. I just, like, I'm just trying to let it sink in that he was 20. He was 20, That's and he was, crazy. like, Kanye. He was Kanye. Uh mm-hmm. I mean, he's huge. I mean, probably not Kanye. Initial Kanye. <laughs> uh, when Kanye blew up, Kanye. More like Meek Mill. Okay. <laughs> you have never no. sounded older. Meek Mill. A <laughs> little bit of a Meek you Mill. It's like the Meek Mill. Yeah. I used to work at the Meek Mill. Uh this is a this was an interesting thing about him on Chico. Ugh, I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> fine, man. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I'll just stop, I guess. <laughs> uh no. His dude, this is true. His catchphrase on Chico and the Man was do you know this? Do you know what it is? I, I'm trying. Uh, go. What is it? He's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> and I. He's not my job. I'm sorry. I'm doing that accent. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sleepy. I'm trying to, exactly. <laughs> it's like what's this guy? I'm so sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not my job. I'm so sleepy. And uh, Jesus Christ! I didn't even realize that in the '70s a lot of shit like this happened. But I should have realized. Uh, there were. Crazy protests from the Hispanic community about this show oh, really? and about him. Yeah, they were like, "Fuck you, you're racist against your own people." Also, <laughs> but not really wow. his own people because he's Puerto Rican and the character in the show was Hispano, so Mexican American. So he's like a Puerto Rican guy shitting on Mexicans. That's hysterical. Yeah, man. Wow, that's incredibly uh, woke <laughs> of the time for them exactly. to be that like specific. I guess I didn't realize there was like a an organized. Uh, Hispanic American activist community. It's cool. Meanwhile, there's like shows like The Jeffersons and All in the Family where they're just like, shut the fuck up, Whitey! (laughs) The racial like (laughs) shit that's going on on these shows is like so volatile. That's so funny, man. And despite that, he was like, he was literally so big that he performed on the celebrity roast of Sammy Davis Jr. and Muhammad Ali. I think I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also, in 75, he put out his first and only stand-up album, Looking Good. And then in 1976, <laughs> he literally signed a $6 million holding deal with NBC. Uh, oh! <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah. Dude, remember? Man, comedy. And he was 21 for, at that for, time. For reference and uh, for people in, about comedy, like there was like... It's been like a couple gold rushes every now and then. And one thing that was still happening up until about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit less than that, was like there was the Aspen Comedy Festival, which is a big thing. And like networks would just write holding deals for comics. Like I think Zach Galifianakis and like Mike Birbiglia are like some of the last like bigger names to get these kinds of things. Gerard Carmichael got one. I do know that. A company would just be like, we just like the idea of you. Any projects you got, they're for us. And here's a million (laughs) dollars. And it's like, you know, I'm sure a lot of that goes to taxes and your manager. Well, you get it over time. But it's like Freddie Prince's deal was six million over five years. No one does that shit anymore. But no one does it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's just they're now now the industry is like, uh, are you worth six million dollars already? 
maybe we'll give you a million dollars. Like, are you already huge and successful? Totally. Well, now we'll work with you. Like, that Dude, makes sense. Freddie Prinze was so big that he performed, he did stand up at the inaugural ball of Jimmy Carter. <laughs> And what's so crazy is you were talking about the Jeffersons and shit. You know what the two stand-ups who performed at the show were? Freddie Prinze and Red Fox. Fuck yes! Dude, how cool is that? Dude, Red Fox is the coolest. He's so funny. He's the fucking funniest, dude. (laughs) That dude fucking invented stand-up. Yeah, and he still holds up. I think he absolutely uh, holds up. I mean, he's he's like raw and fucking. I mean, he's you nuts. know dirty yeah. as shit and like you know inappropriate. But yeah, it's like, racist, you know. But it's like <laughs> nah. But like yeah, like he he really was at like the cutting edge of like totally. Here's what stand up should be, basically. You know? Also, you know, I feel like it's okay for a black man in the seventies to be racist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. No, Probably I, not. I, I don't think, know. I wasn't talking about the racist thing, but he's he's mm-hmm. definitely misogynistic as fuck. Oh, yeah. Eat my pussy, bitch. God damn, I know. Eat my dick's pussy. (laughs) So, okay. That's his career. I want to go through, like, how he led his life a little bit leading into his suicide. Because, like, if you think about all that, that incredible rise to fame, literally at 22 years old. um, No. Wait. Yeah, tw- at 22 years old, performing at the presidential inaugural ball Crazy. after having gotten your first TV show at 20. Um, yeah, so like I said, he got really into drugs when he was in high school. By 16, he was a cocaine user. Pretty quickly after that, he got really into quaaludes. And then when he was on Chico and the Man, he literally had a five gram of cocaine a day habit. Five gram a day of cocaine habit. Uh, how much? Like An eight ball is three and a half grams. Damn. <laughs> 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 yeah holy shit yeah man eight ball and a half a day dude i mean he was living it yeah dude, i mean the lewds are the other also oh, yeah. huge uh part of that i mean it's like cocaine it will it will fuck you up it'll make you like super crazy but when you combine it with other stuff especially is when it becomes really deadly Absolutely. Like it's already man. like making Well, your heart when you go know really he fast. was drinking, he was definitely drinking this entire time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, and that always makes everything worse. Every fuck up comedian I've ever talked to about like Coke, where they're like, yeah, I love Coke and everything. <laughs> like, they're always like, it just makes the drinking so much easier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, totally. oh, cool. <laughs> That's so knowing that he's a big cocaine, quaalude, and drinking guy, wow. he had, I'll call them hobbies. Let's see, he had three <laughs> big hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just go through them. Oh, the first hobby is Chico and the man. That's four. That's four. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first one is driving fast. Like literally <laughs> so into driving fast that he would go, that I he would just him. like come up on a school zone and they'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. And go like 90 through <laughs> through a school zone. <laughs> He would get fucked up on Quaaludes. Just drive in the furiousing. Yeah, drive drunk, fucked up on Quaaludes and cocaine, and speed as much as he could. He did that all the time. The 70s were the best. (laughs) And like a cop would pull you over and be like, Coke and speeding. All right, get home quick. 
The other thing he really, the second thing he really loved to do, and I'm not kidding, he did this all the time, was watch the Zapruder film. <laughs> he loved to I watch love the Zapruder film. I love this dude. This we like we could have fucking hung out. I know. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? What a fucking crazy Watches hilarious Zapruder footage. Yeah, which is, if I'm sure you know what it is, but if you don't, it's the footage of JFK getting shot. Uh, isn't it? It is, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Get to see the the wife scoop up brains and shit. It's it's crazy. It's fucking awful. So it's the, so horrifying. So the the last thing that <laughs> out hobby. Yeah, I don't think he called uh, it a hobby, but yeah. he did it all the time. Uh, you want to come to my house? I'm going to watch the president <laughs> have his brains explode out the back of his head. I'm cool. <laughs> Another thing that he did literally all the time was in front of his friends to oh. fuck with them and freak them out. Mm. He would just play Russian roulette with himself. Mm. Like, two people being like, stop it, dude. What the fuck, man? Stop. <laughs> and he apparently, like... No, this is like the new board game everyone's doing. It's Russian and sometimes, roulette. obviously, people wouldn't believe him because who would think a person's that crazy? And there's a story of apparently one time he was, like, in front of a bunch of his friends. Oh, my God. And he took out a gun and he put it to his temple. And they're like, don't. This is not funny. And he pulls the trigger and click... And they're like, okay, there's no bullets. And then he just pointed it out the window and fired. And the next bullet was a bullet. The next chamber had a bullet in it, dude. Wow. And it was such a powerful gun that it knocked him on the floor. Like, dude, (laughs) I only play Russian roulette, you know, on God mode. Every chamber loaded, dude. Also, Every the fact that chamber. the well, God mode <laughs> six times, dude, you got to shoot yourself in the head six times. I was also thinking about it like the type of gun where you're just holding it up and it like it's so powerful that it knocks you back. Yeah, it's a big fucking he has like a magnum, dude, that he's just like yeah. playing You'd be Russian surprised. roulette with 45 caliber is really fucking strong. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know anything about guns. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, but like you'd be like, here's what's crazy about fucking caliber of guns like shit like 45 mm-hmm. if you just get shot with that you'll go into shock and die if it hits any part of your body really yeah like th- they're powerful as fuck like <laughs> wow. so the only thing that you could get shot with and not probably go into shock would be a 22 you gotta and go- that's like what a glock is right a 22 is like a oh it's, it's like a, a revolver yeah like, yeah you know yeah wow but uh, yeah, <laughs> they they really like fuck people up. People don't understand. There was that fucking NFL player like shot himself in the fucking leg. Like he died. Like you just like it. It your body doesn't know how to react to that amount of flesh getting taken away. Right. Like all those nerves getting you know like destroyed. Right. Wow. Wow, that's fucked up, man. He was just like... He's a crazy motherfucker, Having fun dude. with guns. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it being cool. And I think probably a given throughout this is that he was also, like, all about women. Com- he was, like, yeah. having the most sex. He's also, like, a uh, comedy store guy at this point, right? Or, like, did he move out to L.A.? No, he was in New York the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, all these dark stories you usually hear associated <laughs> with the comedy store. Like, well, yeah. the comedy store has, like... I remember the first couple of nights I even went there. They were like, "Yes, yeah, somebody one time like fired oh, wait, off." No. A- I'm sorry, you're right. He did move to LA. Yeah, he moved to LA. Yeah, LA. that was yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were stories about like you know the comedy store at that time was like everyone was doing coke, people bringing guns to the club. Like there's there's stories like where it's like yes, a comic shot a bullet into this wall right here, right, and like yeah. that guy jumped off the roof or off this hotel right next to the comedy store, and it's like that's all that fucking show. I'm dying up here. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, <laughs> it's about. It's, uh, it's. I uh, mean, that is one of the fun things about being in the comedy store. There's all these crazy stories about like, yeah, Sam Kinison used to blow lines in this room and stuff, and yeah, like, it never ends. Half of me is always like, that's so fucking cool to know that fact, and the other half is like, what if this is ridiculous? <laughs> like, <laughs> comics yeah, were monsters. Exactly. It's like, what adult playground bullshit is this? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, can you all calm down? It's just comedy. It's not like <laughs> I'm dealing with the devil in my brain. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean like really it's like it's just telling jokes you fucking monster like everyone calm down (laughs) Freddie Prince actually um, he settled down from from running around and hooking up with a bunch of women in 1975 he married a woman named Kathy Cochran October October Uh, you know October it's the 13th month um (laughs) <laughs> the he and Kathy got married October thirteenth, nineteen seventy five. Then on March eighth, nineteen seventy six, their only child was born, and that is Freddie Prinze Jr. Wing of Commander. Wing Commander. Wing Commander. <laughs> um. So yeah, then later that year, not even a year later, like he's got a kid who's nine months old. November sixteenth, nineteen seventy six, he gets arrested for driving under the influence of quaaludes. And like three weeks after that, his wife files for a divorce. Holy shit. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I know it sounds weird, but like I just am thinking about Freddie Prince Jr. And I'm like, yeah. what a remarkably well-adjusted guy. No shit. I'm sure there's a lot of like um, maybe depression behind closed doors, but like what? It's, it's he insane. He publicly also openly like really adores his father. Yeah, yeah, which he I does. think is really interesting sweet, too. Sweet, very sweet. Yeah, totally. So, like, once his wife files for divorce, is the beginning of the end. Like I said, that's Damn. nearing the end of 1976, and he loved his kid so much, or he would say he said that he literally said that the divorce. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The reason I clarified is. He said it, and he probably meant it when he said it, but he was also getting fucked up on quaaludes yeah. and driving his car and getting arrested. You know what I mean? Which kind of leads to the depression, honestly. Like right. when you're dealing with like addiction that hard and everything, like a you know a, a, a certainly a thought is like, why am I such a fucking piece of shit? Yeah. Why am I ruining everyone's lives around me? Totally. And why am I such a like a bad and that void in turn of feelings? You know? Will 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 can make the drug abuse even worse. Take yeah. it even deeper into addiction. <clears throat> I mean, that's why people always like talk about it like spiraling. Yeah. You know, it's like because it literally is like a drain going. It just accumulates on itself and just compounds on itself and gets harder yeah. and harder. So you you know, you really gotta have like Good people around you, which I'm sure wasn't happening in the 70s with comics. They're like, well, you, you know coke, what? Just do a little bit less coke. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe do more coke. <laughs> yeah. That'll zero out the coke. Um, yeah. I will say this. He was open about having depression. I don't know if he was diagnosed or if he yeah. just realized it himself, but he went to a psychiatrist regularly. He had a personal psychiatrist who wow. was like sort of even on call. Not on call, but like. I think was very concerned. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and would like come running. You as know what I mean? As concerned as they probably would be at the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, Freddie Prince said that once his wife filed for divorce, it crushed him. First of all, he loved her so much it would miss her, but also he was really fucking terrified that he was going to lose his son forever and never be able to see him again. God, that sucks. So that happens in November of 1976. 
Then, dude, January 20th, 1977, he performs at the inaugural ball of Jimmy Carter. <laughs> For Jimmy Farter? The party, then, the party starter? Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Carter? Carter, the party starter. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Carter, the party starter? <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> Honestly, Jimmy Carter, maybe one of my favorite presidents ever. Oh, no shit. He's great, man. He's, like, amazing. He's out there building homes and shit, and, like... I think, you know, he, I think he was one term, also. Like, people yeah. really shit on him. They were like, this guy's not doing anything. It's like... <laughs> What do you want? Like, what do you want him to do? If there's Just ever proof that someone, America. you like, why? I think the best tell of if a present president had good intentions is what they do immediately after. Absolutely, and he's right? like the only one who was oh, like, I yeah. still want to help. Yeah, yeah. You think, you think like Trump's going to be doing like <laughs> Habitat for Humanity? No like, way. <laughs> tapping nails into walls. I'm the. This is going to be the best drywall I've yeah, ever put totally. up. I hammer nails in stronger than everyone else, faster, stronger, and faster than I'm everyone. I'm going to pour out soup for the homeless. It's going to be the best soup they've Even ever Barack had. Even Barack Obama's like, I want to be on Netflix. Dude, <laughs> as much as I loved Obama at the time, man, that guy like fucking betrayed us. That Netflix thing bummed me out. It, it, no, it's like shit. Like The minute he's done being president, Obama, he's all of a sudden hanging out with like the the virgin air guy yeah. he's hanging out with Richard Branson he's like just doing like parasailing with billionaires yeah. like suddenly it's just like and then like no sign like he's yeah. not talking about shit like he didn't care like he got really defeated plus like a lot of shit he did while he was president was really suspect yeah. it was like if anything he was a centrist like as much as like I'm like oh I'm a liberal and I, I identify with him as being a liberal Everything he did was centrist. Totally. He totally acquiesced to the Republican Party and like made it like, what do you guys want? Okay, well, let's find like a middle road. And then like lost the Senate. You know, it's right. like the guy's a fucking like. Which would be fine if that was what presidents did. But now we have Trump who won't do that <laughs> to save his fucking life. Um, okay, so yeah. January 20, 1976, inaugural ball for the president. Jimmy Carter Farter. No, that was January 20th. <laughs> then six days later, his wife files for a restraining order against him. Oh. I could not find what happened, but I'll Damn. tell you, that makes me think that there's also maybe some type of like verbal abuse or like... <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, not necessarily. Well, it could have just been like, you won't quit Quaaludes and you won't stop calling me. Absolutely. But, but I will seems say, like it's bad if yeah. there's a restraining order. It's like what we know, say, of like addicts and shit. Like, if you're doing that level, um, you're probably not like being the most chill dude ever. Right. And also, given the like environment of society at the time, like, it wouldn't be at all weird if that dude was screaming at his woman and like was treating her completely. Oh yeah, we shit. were still fully in woman <laughs> listens to man mode in the seventies. Yeah, and he was raised like that, and yeah, he's on coke all the time. I'm sure he's freaking out all the he's time. He's also a fucking young dude who doesn't know anything. Yeah, exactly. He's 22 years old. Doesn't know shit. And he's he's fucking around comics all the time. 22. He just performed for the president, and his and then his wife doesn't want to see him. The emotional oh, ups man. and downs of that. How do you process those two those two pieces of information? The president likes me. My wife hates me. <laughs> That's cr and you're on coke and you're 22. His uh, material that night was all y'all ever be president and hate your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo! And like Jimmy Carter's like, yeah! <laughs> yeah. hell yeah! <laughs> Eisenhower's like, yes. 
Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, God, dude. Yeah, I I hear what you mean, man. Especially, like, the emotional, like, swings. Like, I've felt this with just anything I've done in my career, and it's uh, a problem that I've had to, like, learn how to deal with. But it was, like, the emotional upswing of positive things happening. Like, if I ever did a TV set or whatever, like immediately I'd have to like go to my hotel room and cry, like just sob because I to didn't level it out. I didn't understand like a good thing happening to me. Yeah. Like it didn't, I don't know how to process it the same. And over time I've kind of like, you're always looking for the dark side of the moon. Yeah. I'm always looking for the- <laughs> <laughs> laser Floyd. Oh yeah. dude. <laughs> so I just realized what an upswing of emotion that is. And dude, if you're a Coke, Head and you're already say like dealing with depression, like your emotions are just like going up and down off the fucking rails. Yeah. So and dealing with a divorce. I mean, this yeah, guy, dealing with this a divorce, guy's like a ticking time he's bomb. Missing his point. kid, and then she files a restraining order. So the day after she files a restraining order, he basically like flips out. The and the day after he files a restraining order, he just starts making all these phone calls. The first thing he did was he called his psychiatrist and his personal secretary and told them he was gonna kill himself. So they come over to where he lives, they come over to his apartment, and they plead with him not to, and it seems like they've convinced him not to, right? Then he calls his business manager. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I left out one detail. He's then alone for a bit, and I think starts to freak out again, and just fires his gun at his medicine cabinet. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's just Elvising shit, like, in his apartment. So then 2.45 a.m. that night, so 2.45 a.m., January 28th, 1977, he calls his business manager, tells him he's going to kill himself. His name is Dusty Snyder. And he's like, wait, wait, I'm coming over right now. So he comes over and starts pleading (laughs) with him. I smell a movie deal. (laughs) He starts pleading with him to not kill himself. So then in front of Dusty, uh, Freddie calls his mom and like looking at his manager says to his mom on the phone, the quote is, mom, I love you very much, but I can't go on. I need to find peace. Then at 3.30 a.m., also in front of his manager, he calls his wife that he's estranged from and says to her and i quote i love you kathy i love the baby but i need to find peace i can't go on Ooh, boy. then at 4 a.m he just reaches under a sofa pillow and before dusty can do anything just puts a 38 to his head and blows his brains Whoa. out yeah now see dave the caliber <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. now, All right now. See, okay now. Now Dave. Now, now Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave <laughs> you're gonna want to think about the caliber <laughs> of the gun. I did find, like I did the detail about that is he held it Damn. to his he held the gun to his left temple. The bullet went all the way through his brain and out the right side of his head. He didn't stop midway in his brain and like hang out. <laughs> Sometimes bullets get <laughs> they're in the skull. Bullets don't always go all the way through uh, the Dave, brain. The caliber, Dave. <laughs> the caliber. It's a thirty-eight. It's going to go right through your fucking skull. I didn't know. Point that. blank range. Why would I know that? <laughs> How thick is your brain? Why would I know that? <laughs> How thick is your brick brain? <laughs> well, I do have brick for brains. <laughs> he got cement brain. So yeah, he was still alive when no! he did that. Yeah, yeah. He was, Dusty obviously calls paramedics. He gets rushed to the hospital. They perform emergency surgery. The doctors tried for two hours to save his life. But then eventually they were like, no matter what we do, he's going to die. 
because the brain damage is so bad from this that he'll never recover. So, oh fuck, man! The family talked about it. They took him off life support at one p.m. January twenty ninth, nineteen seventy seven. He was pronounced dead. He did leave a suicide note too, which means this was incredibly premeditated because he made all those phone calls and argued with people. Yeah. So he didn't write the note in front of them, or maybe he did. I don't know. I think he a hundred percent came to some sort of conclusion. Yeah. Especially given the nature of what he said on those phone calls, like it's very like, I mean that's that's very like the end of the line. Type but listen of speak. to it. Yeah. yeah, totally. Listen to this note though. This note makes me like. It makes me think very well of him. The note says, I must end it. There's no hope left. I'll be at peace. No one had anything to do with this. My decision, totally. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Radical. (laughs) (laughs) Pizza. Ninja Turtles. I'm going to keep going. Until you think of something to say. And then until I think of what to say. I mean, there's nothing to say. That's that's like so sad. Poor guy. All right, guys. So that's yeah, right. see ya. <laughs> it is sad. I mean, it's like. That's so he, weird. This is a person who's already dealing with depression. Oh, man, I left one thing out, too. Another sign that he was obviously dealing with depression is when he was 17 years old in 1972. He worked at an uh, as an usher at a movie theater, mm. and he got fired from the job for practicing stand-up bits uh, at work, <laughs> and that around that same time, he got dumped by his girlfriend, and he tried to kill himself then. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> totally. I mean, this is a person who suffered from depression for sure, but also, he was like, life threw him a lot out all at once. Yeah. And even though so much of it was overwhelmingly positive, he clearly had a lot of trouble dealing with it. Yeah, and I don't want to be like, <laughs> oh, stand-ups, it's like, it's always the sad clown. It's like, oh, we're Definitely all dealing not. with depression. But I mean, like... I think it, fame is least, a head fuck, though. It's a, yeah, and also, like, it's at least around, like, depression in in a creative, you know, field. It's gonna, it's gonna be around, like, yeah. pretty heavy. So... I think a lot of stand-ups, you know, the best thing you can do is, like, try and, like, learn how to, like, deal with it. (laughs) That sounds so simplistic, but it's, like... I will say, I mean, another thing that for sure contributed to this, and we've said this on a bunch of episodes, is, like, we, at the very least right now, talk about positive coping mechanisms in broad life. Like, you've at least heard of therapy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Though he did have a psychiatrist, you know? But psychiatry is totally fucking different than therapy, honestly, unless they True. are that kind of... Take Quaaludes! Therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're the dude who's probably writing him the prescripts. Like, of course yeah, he's got yeah. a fucking guy, you know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're more on the medicating end, and it's like, you really need, like, someone to be talking to, or you know, and, and the way we deal with depression now. But, um, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly would... It is definitely, in a creative field, very, very easy to have a downward spiral. Whether it's uh, within your own head and not many other people see it, or it's like a really obvious long one like Freddie Prinze went through, it's easy. And yeah, please watch out. Because I truly do believe that you can be happy as a stand-up comic or any kind of artist, and that that sort of weird 
lore around it like you have to be sad to create art i'm honestly i'm the funniest when i'm happy and i know that's true and i really think if you pay attention to it and you what you notice when you feel bad and you take care of it and you give yourself breaks from work whenever you can yeah exercise eating right and but more than that like positive relationships focusing on your friends man you know it was one of the coolest <laughs> things that's ever happened to me in stand-up <laughs> i um I got this email from Maria Bamford like four or five years ago that was her emailing like 20 comedians that live in L.A. Mm -hmm. And one of her friends from Minnesota was moving to town. And she was like, hey, everyone, this is a friend of mine who's super funny. They're moving to L.A. It's a really hard move. You're L.A. people. Give them L.A. advice. And then we all chimed in with advice. And then Maria at the very end was like, this is so nice. You're all so sweet. She's the nicest person who ever lived. Uh and her advice, she was like, now my advice, and this is what it was. Take breaks. Take as many breaks as possible. Mm. Hollywood can wait. You don't need to kill yourself overworking <laughs> yourself. Yeah. Uh, make sure, go to Disneyland, stay in <laughs> bed, take as many breaks as you can. Yeah. Make sure to have fun. Real, and I was like, wow, that's the best advice I've ever heard. My advice is to be Daniel Tosh. Yeah, totally. If you could Tosh point O, if you could you just be win. sick. <laughs> If you get abs and be cool, <laughs> that'll work. Um, yeah, it's crazy that it's like... Uh, you can be good to yourself in this and and be content and have a regular life. Yeah. You and, can. Just, and, you just have to take care of yourself. And you do... It's like you said, it's so many emotional ups and downs and it's so many monetary ups and downs that you have to... Take care of yourself and pay attention to taking your care of yourself more than in other fields. And I honestly, think. like I have friends like nowadays who like did coke, it kind of fucked up their careers. It's like honestly, stay away from that shit if you can, dude. Like yeah. I get the comedies like can be a party. You know, it's like we're giving free drink tickets more. Also, than if you're the kind money, of person that likes to get know? high, then you're gonna like to do That's drugs. Cool. But fucking yeah. watch it. There's a yeah, watch it. There's a whole other reason to not do coke nowadays too, and that's fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, they now well, cut it with shit. Yeah, they now and well, and fentanyl's real bad. Uh, I mean, it's so man. You know that there's a real problem with cocaine <laughs> if people are openly people you, who use cocaine are tweeting, "I do cocaine." Everybody, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's like, when I started to work. Like, wow. And fentanyl, if yeah. you haven't heard, is this drug that gives you a high very similar to cocaine, and it's really cheap to make, so dealers will cut it in order to make more money. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that if you get the dose off, it's really fucking easy to overdose on fentanyl. So if you get it off just a little bit, you can just die, and a bunch of people have died already from coke cut with fentanyl. So watch out. Yeah, like really, don't do coke. Please yeah, don't do yeah, it. Yeah, it's like it's always been a gross thing for me. Like I've never, like, I don't like it at all. I've never been interested. Never want. I did like speed a couple times, and I was like, this is too much already. Like I hate the sensation of my heart going fast. Totally. Like that's not a cool thing for me. Um, but I get the draw, and I have a lot of friends that have certainly done deep dives and everything. But I got to say, it's like it's made them a bit darker. It doesn't seem to have paid off. Like you know, however much fun it's been. Seems to have really exacerbated all their problems because every one of them is like has a story where it's like, well, you know, I did coke, you know, in Malibu, and then I screamed at my girlfriend. <laughs> it's right. Like, yeah. There's always a dark play out of that scenario. It's totally. like, 
you know, and and I get like in the same way you could be like, well, alcohol, alcohol, you know, eventually leads to sorrow and bad things. But, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like if you have depression, you really got to watch the drug intake. Yeah. Because your brain chemistry is already offset. Right. <laughs> it's, totally. It's a Migos uh, rapper. Man, I mean, I, the, you know, something that I really, really have to pay attention to is drinking. Drinking is a depressant. I know that I'm a depressed person. And, dude, I will just notice it, man. Because mm-hmm. I've just gotten in this weird rhythm of, like, I will quit drinking for a few months. And then I'm like, I want to drink. And then I'll get drunk for a few weeks. And then I'll stop for a while. That's kind of how I've been doing it. Uh, but I literally, if I drink, and I don't mean every day for a few weeks, I'll, like, have a drink. Whatever. You get it. Uh, <laughs> no, no. This is good to explain, actually. Yeah. But, man, and it, it's getting harder and harder as I get older. I literally notice if I get mm-hmm. drunk, mm-hmm. like, two or three times in a week, then just my baseline is sadder. It just is. <laughs> no, my, my therapist was, like, I was, like, this is a while back, but I was, like, explaining I'm depressed. And then I was, like, talking to her about, like, how much I was drinking and, like, how much pot I was smoking. And she was, like... Yeah, those are depressants. You're literally you're a you're depressed person, and you're taking depressants. Like she was just like, "You're an idiot." Right. Well, and there's a there's the thing that people when I talk to people about that, the thing that people usually say is like, "Oh yeah, I'm so depressed the next day with a hangover," and there is that problem too. But also, it really does if you're consistently drinking. Oh, it builds like, up. Like yeah, sort of like lower oh, yeah. your set point. And you just makes you that's what depression oh, yeah. is. It's more of like a state of being when you're feeling it. And I literally like I will then stop drinking and within five days I notice myself being less irritated at things, mm-hmm. sleeping better, oh yeah, being happier in general. It's crazy. It's so dumb how like we are just like, you know, a, a chemical bath in our brains. Yeah. And, like we're very susceptible to like nutrition. Like yeah. just li- little low low level body chemistry shit of like, well, wow, I didn't eat burgers all day and now I feel better. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's like little I think this, shit like that. It does matter. This is also a perfect time to say that, like, you know, I mean, we've made a lot of jokes this, this episode, and you've heard us say this before, but it truly matters to us that you stay safe. If you're listening and you are feeling really depressed now or suicidal, please. Reach out to someone, talk to people, call that hotline. Just be good to yourself, Absolutely. please. It really also, matters. Never get into stand up comedy. <laughs> it will right, murder you. Pretty good advice. <laughs> it will murder. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that was th- fun. That was, that was a good app, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks for doing that. Uh, guys, uh, please, if you're in Chicago, come out to uh, Album Record August 31st and September 1st, um, doing two shows. And, uh, Ten days before 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. Uh, all right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Suicide Buddies. We hope to see you again next week. Just a quick reminder, if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, feeling like killing yourself, talk to someone, please. We take it very seriously. We joke around about suicide here because we've thought about it, because joking is how we deal with it, and we hope that it helps you. But if you're really thinking about it, we want you to stay here with us. Call 1-800-273-TALK. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They're incredible. They're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They will help. You are loved. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.
Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 